Welcome to Real Estate Investing Unscripted, a podcast from Fun That Flip, where we explore some of the most creative, innovative, and inspiring stories from the real estate investor community. With expert tips and success stories you won't hear anywhere else, you'll come away with inspiration on how to improvise in the unscripted world that is real estate investing so that you can dominate your next real estate deal. Now your host, founder and CEO of Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rodek, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip. And I am uh, super excited again today about our guest, Liz Faircloth. She is the co-founder of the DeRosa Group, which is a New Jersey-based owner of commercial and residential real estate. And they are on a mission to transform lives through real estate. Liz is also a fellow podcaster of the show, The Real Estate Invest Her Show, which we'll be talking about more soon. But first, let's welcome in Liz. Hey, everybody. Uh, Matt, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Awesome to have you. Thanks so much for being here. You know, it's funny because I, I met uh, Liz and, and her husband, Matt, man, probably like three and a half years ago when I was just starting this company. So it's uh, super, super cool to have you here. Absolutely. So maybe maybe get us going. Just love to learn a little bit more about the DeRosa Group. What are you guys up to? You know, kind of where do you invest? And, you know, just the, the story of how you guys got started. Sure, sure. So we're, we're based in Trenton and we focus on buying uh, multifamilies mostly that either need work or that are more like apartment building value-add opportunities. Uh, we got our start in Philadelphia, right outside of Philadelphia. We bought our first duplex when we weren't married, we were engaged. Um, no, we weren't engaged. We were boyfriend, girlfriend, my husband and I. So, and my husband and my father ended up giving us a loan on that property. Fraught and, with um, peril right there. Fraught yeah, with was, peril. It worked you know, out. It worked out, but it got, I'm so thankful it worked out. I think about that a lot. Like, God, that could, that, that didn't have to work out, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, just to, just to rewind a little bit, my, my husband and I, that was our first purchase. We, we ended up uh, both both came from middle class families, um, you know, hardworking families. And uh, my husband was in sales, and I was in graduate school, finishing up graduate school. And we we actually met. One of our first dates uh, was meeting my my sister and brother in law. My brother in law is an entrepreneur only one that I ever really interacted with quite a bit. And he started his business and he gave me Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I know a lot of people uh, in this business start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But more importantly, like one of our first dates with my my now husband and my sister and brother-in-law was playing the cash flow game. And anybody <laughs> listening, you know, if you haven't ever played, that, that just game doesn't get talked about enough. And I can tell you, beyond just Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book, the game actually was very, it's very experiential. It's like monopoly on steroids. And it just gives you this opportunity to start getting familiar, familiar and talking about the you know, real estate investing lingo. And that both kind of really opened as funny as it is, and it is a, as in, in itself as like a game, it opened our eyes to like the power of real estate. We started to look at property and said, what if we were to do something like this? And we just got more intrigued with it. We both liked the idea of um, investing in, in something and building a business on our own. Um, we, again, we didn't come from families with, like that, but I saw my brother-in-law and he was working his butt off on his own business. I'm like, God, if I'm going to work really hard one day, I'd, you know, might as well work on my own business type of thing. So that got us intrigued. We took courses. Long story short, uh, we ended up 
probably about a year or so, we went to uh, Dig, which is a very great organization outside of, you know, right, right inside of Philadelphia, took a bunch of courses and, and really then got, got into this duplex. Uh, it was a good learning, you know, it was, uh, I think we evicted our first tenant. Um, you know, we found bullets in her room, like there was just a bunch of craziness that happened, but it actually was, you know, it worked out because we ended up doing our first 1031 exchange into a four unit in New Jersey because of the work I was doing, I had to live in New Jersey and my husband or boyfriend at the time was living in, in, uh, right outside of Philadelphia. So we decided to like, let's get focused on Jersey and investing in Jersey at that moment at that time. So then we got married and started really building our portfolio in Trenton, Mercer County and that kind of area. And then over the years we've expanded into, uh, other parts of the country. And our newest project is a 166 unit in uh, Kentucky that will be closing in on December. So very cool. And I don't, I don't mean to date you, but I like to, I like to get a sense of like, when we started, when, when we started, like where were we at kind of in the, in the real estate cycle yeah. when you guys got going? Yeah. So we, and we've kind of felt all the different, <laughs> you know, effects yeah. actually over the, so we, we got started that duplex we bought in 2004. And then we then did our like 1031 exchange. We got married within the same month of getting married. We like basically sold the duplex, got married and my husband quit his, you know, very high, you know, (laughs) successful, you know, engineering sales job, which he did very well with, but wasn't passionate about it. And he said, why don't you keep doing your work? You enjoy it at least. And then, you know, come along with me once I grow this thing. And that was in 2005. And uh, so it's been quite some time, you know, long story short, I ended up quitting my job, joining him in 2008. And then we all know what kind of happened then, you know, at the crash and, you know, the beginning of the crash, I guess. And I ended up uh, coming into the business at a tough time. We had about I say we had about 25 units at the time and we kind of plateaued and it was tough. You know, that was a tough, you know, I can even talk a little bit about that, but it was a tough time in that the market didn't help because, you know, when, when the crash happened, you know, that was the best time to be buying, right? That was the best time to be really leveraging and getting into new, you know, buying things with cash and what have you. But we were doing the opposite because we were trying to maintain of all, all of our assets I quit my job, which, you know, I was kind of bringing in money, any money that we made through my husband's efforts. We were, you know, investing in the business. We bought assets. So, you know, the next couple of years was a little, was really tough for us. We had plateaued and we were using all of our own money or like our immediate family's money. We just were like plateaued. 2010 came along and my husband and I were like, you know what? Uh, why don't you, we both decided it was better for me to go back to the work I was doing. My boss gladly took me back, which was really nice. Um, it was consulting work and she was happy to have me back. And then my husband, that's really when we started to grow our business through private money. And then we were able to start raising private money through equity partnerships, as well as private lending, and really kind of quadrupled our, our portfolio from like, there's much progress as we made from 2004 to 2010. We, we, you know, literally quadrupled our portfolio from, for the next, you know, half of our tenure here. So it really made a difference when we started to say, okay, we got to start bringing in private capital into our business um, because we were just plateaued. Yeah. yeah. So what caused that, that shift in mindset? Was it, um, was it, well, now this money is becoming more available to us because we have this track record or was it, you know, something that kind of tripped you guys of like, all right, we got our 25 units. How do we get to whatever the goal was, 2,500 units? Like what, what kind of caused that shift in mindset? Cause that's like, yeah. a, it's a big jump, right? When you, when you start taking other people's money, like it's huge, 
yeah. scary. <laughs> you, know, yes, it's, yes. You, you, you know, you know, Matt. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very, um, you want to, you want to do right by people and you want to make sure you're getting into investments that work and you want to take care of people, you know, and, and make sure that what you say you're going to do with the investment or the project happens. Right. So yeah, when we, when we ended up making that leap, it wasn't, I wish it was more kind of conscientious as, as I, as, as, you know, at that moment we kind of made a strategic plan and I can't say that we, we did it that way necessarily, but I, what I can tell you is we both were like, you know, I remember just talking to my husband a lot and we had made, you know, make a lot of mistakes when you start. I mean, we bought commercial, a commercial building. We bought raw land. I mean, we bought multifamily. When I tell you we got involved in everything we did. And that's like one of the worst things you could possibly do in this business. And and so what we learned over the years, we did some reflection. The big learning there was, what are we doing well? What are we good at? Where have we had success? And there's, you know, things that you may not have had success with, but there were things that we were doing really well and buying multifamily, fixing it up, refinancing it, doing it again and doing it again in the area that we knew, in the area that we were breathing and living and especially in Trenton, Mm -hmm. we knew it well. We just started to say, let's, let's do more of that. And then we said, okay, well, we're kind of tapped, you know, we need to start bringing in more private money just, and we didn't say it probably with those words, but we kind of said partners. And then I ended up uh, having coffee with, uh, with, uh, with a friend of mine from grad school. It was kind of random. He worked at a financial institution and I was in sales. I was back doing my consulting work. So I knew he lived in, he was in the city and I'm like, you know what, we should have coffee, you know, maybe I'll be able to, you know, um, talk about what I'm doing in my consulting work. I had no intention actually to talk about real estate. And we talked and we're talking and he goes, what are you up to? And I told him and he's like, how's Matt? How's your husband? I'm like, he's good. He's, you know, we're growing steadily in our our real estate business and doing investments and things. And he's like, I wish I can get into that. I just don't have the time. So, you know, I said, well, you need to really talk to my husband because he's got the time, you know, Um, and he's got the expertise and, 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 and a good track record, you know? So that ended up being one of our first kind of outside immediate family, uh, private money. And that was an equity deal. We was 50, 50, you know, we did all the work, found the property, did all kind of like the, the, the hustling of of the project, getting tenants in, managing it, everything. And, uh, he put the, he put the money up and that was one of our most successful projects, you know, and we've, you know, we financed that we sold it since then. And, you know, kind of, I think he's involved in every one of our, our projects at this point. And that was 2010. So that's, you know, that's really cool. And I, I would say, just to answer your question, it's like, you start to say, where do we want to be? What do we have to bring to the table today? And and how do we partner up with people that can help ha- ha- create some win-wins? That's really ultimately what this business is about. You cannot do yep. this alone. You just yep. can't. So there's two things that like, I think I'm pulling out of this. Like the first one is, you kind of got to know who you are and be, you know, someone have a, a, a focus of like, hey, we're the DeRosa Group. We're finding value-add apartment buildings and like, mm-hmm. that's what we're good at. Mm-hmm. And like, once you have that clear, who, here's who we are, you want to talk to everybody about it, right? Because like, you, you never really know, like, a great example of like, who's gonna be like, oh, like, I could stroke you guys a check and like, mm-hmm. what would that mean for your business? And I think it's it's hard to like, what I found, it's hard to raise money when you're like, I'm in real estate and I'll like chase the shiniest object and like, right. do whatever. Like right. no one wants to write that check. Right. No. But it's like, here's what we are. Here's what we do. We do it exceptionally well. And here's our track record. Like the money starts to find you and it's, it becomes a lot easier just to talk about it to everyone. Cause like, it's very clear about what you're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's really, so that's really cool. Um, 
So I want, to, I want to get into a little bit of like, you know, you're working, you're working with your husband in the business. Um, you know, and it sounds like you've, you've also brought in family and other, you know, close people into mm-hmm. your inner circle mm-hmm. around your deals. How do you, how do you guys think about, you know, maybe you don't, but how do you guys think about siloing, you know, your universes of like, this is a business talk. This is a family talk with the kids. This is Thanksgiving dinner. Half the table's got money in our projects. Like how have you yeah. guys, how have you guys built like that life that, you know, intersects between, you know, putting food on the table for your family and also very close to, you know, a lot of people that you care about? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, you know, it's something that, you know, with regards to our our actual family, both of our parents are involved and have been involved in our business. Beyond that, in terms of like immediate family, no one else is. So siblings and all all those sort of, so at family events, you know, that, you know, usually in our parents are uh, just been great supporters and they both were just, both sets of parents were not millionaires, just hardworking people who saved money and just did it right, you know? Yep. Um, so, so yeah. So in terms of like a media family, that's really it on, on kind of who, who's actually financially kind of supported us or, or invested with us or continues to, we, we actually still do projects with, with both sets. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the, you know, actually with, with when I'm working with my husband, you know, we've worked together since 2004. I mean, we've that's 14 years. We've been married 13 years. And what's interesting is that for the first eight years of our marriage, we didn't have kids. So we waited a really long time for lots of reasons that is not, you know, too, too long to get into in the, in the podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. But we, we, you know, we finally made the decision to have start a family. And for so many years, it was just him and I. So the bringing in the, the our, our two kids, I have a four-year-old, almost five, and, and an 18-month-old. And I feel like they have really created us to have more family time, space. Like, they've actually created more balance for us. Because what are you going to do? Just be like, I'm going to keep working on my laptop with my four-year-olds right next to me? That's right, not right. going to happen. I mean, that's just so hard, you know? I mean, it's like young children take kind of require. They need, they need attention, yes. They need a lot of attention. <laughs> so, you know, I think our balancing of like, you know, everything has helped, that's helped, you know, having, having kids and we've been able to create some more space for, for our family and things like that. But yeah, it takes, it's taken a lot of like personal growth. Him and I, he's done weekends. I've done weekends. Like we've really done a lot of work on ourselves to get to the point where we're really, we really work together now really well, you know, and that's taken some time. I can't say that that was always the case. I mean, I remember early on, especially in that two year kind of stint when I had quit my job and everything was stressful financially, mm-hmm. the business, everything. I mean, my husband turned to me, he's like, if you don't, if we don't change something, we're going to get a divorce. And, and that was like hard to hear, but he was right, you know, and I didn't marry him so we could start a business together or invest in real estate together. Right, right. I married him for a lot of other reasons. So we try to really work at like, you know, having date nights, which we've done and, and, you know, and we'll watch shows. We'll do, do things that have nothing to do with the business. So that helps, you know, kind of create that balance. But yeah, I'll wake up and I'll be up. I'm an early person. I'll be up for like three hours in the morning. My more poor husband gets up. He's just trying to wake up and I'll like shoot him like three questions. And he's like, I just need to wake up, you know? So <laughs> I get my coffee in first. Yeah, I gotta get some coffee. So what, what about like, have you guys, if useful, right? If, if people are listening and maybe they're, they're finding themselves in a, in a similar situation, have you guys found like boundaries or rules or like different things to kind of live by, right? So it takes the emotion out of it. Like, hey, I'm going to handle accounting. I own accounting. Yeah. Like, that's my thing. You're going to own acquisition. Like that, like, have you guys mm-hmm. defined boundaries that help kind of keep this, you know, 
safe, I guess, safe. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have, you know, when we, when we know what didn't work for us and then we had a chance to kind of, so then when I had my son, 2013, I ended up leaving my consulting work kind of for good. So I've been back, you know, more part-time, but certainly like in our business working on different projects since, since then, since, since 2013. So we kind of had an opportunity to start again and do, to just try it again. And to really set if you know, if I'm going to have some time and create some energy, you know, to our, I'd rather work in our business and, and help with mm-hmm. that. So when we did it again, we got better with the roles and we got better with, you know, just kind of like being clear on who's doing what. And, um, and also for me to work on stuff that like works more with my strengths and, you know, I, I enjoy doing, and it also helps the business. Uh, I mean, we're, we're both doing things that we need to, you know, we need to grow our team. That's kind of where we're at, where we're, we're growing our team, but you know, the more, more people we can take on to, to kind of take things off our plates is where we are kind of in our business evolution. But yeah, when we started, when I came back into the fold, we said, okay, what didn't work last time? Let's, let's have, more, you know, delineation of, of roles. Uh, we also started uh, a monthly kind of meeting, like a monthly business meeting where we'll work, we'll talk, because uh, we were doing it at night, like when we put the kids down, you're like, you know, nine o'clock in the evening, you're just, you're delirious. You just want to kind of yeah. just relax, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started doing it during the day where we'd have like a business lunch. Kids were kind of taken care of for the day. So we had a business lunch and then, so we've, we've worked on those sort of things. And I also know it works for our personalities. Like my previous work was personality assessments. So actually that's what I did where I gave these assessments to, to teams to figure out how do they work best together. So I know my husband's personality to like the T and, you know, and I, he knows me really well in that way, but you know, we have to work through some, some things in terms of just our styles, you know, and what works and what doesn't. And I have to, um, kind of like, you know, defend him in some, cause I know what he's really good at. And I know what he's not good at. I'm, I'm trying to say, okay, that's why we need this person to help here because you're, you know, your, your strength is over here. So I'm able to use all my expertise around my consulting work in our business, which is really cool too. Um, and I think, you know, as a couple, you have to have fun together. I mean, there yep. are times that we just, we went away for our 10th anniversary we got to do this again soon, just with two young ones and everything going on. We, we haven't made the time, which we need to, but we went away to California and uh, it was right when we had one kid, when, when our son was two and we, we drove the coast to California. It was the best time. And I, I we didn't, we didn't talk about work at all. Our business were like, it's fine. We, we literally had just fun. And when we just have fun together or we go out to just have fun, we rarely talk about business. We're yeah. really good like that. Now, the 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 tough part for us and the tough part for couples I think is the day to day, you know, like the you know okay dinner are we gonna you know I have something to tell you and you know just trying to create that space of family time that's where the kids came in and that's where it's been really helpful so yeah the the boundaries are important I, I had uh, another uh, person on the podcast recently that that said like don't forget why you're doing this real estate business it's so that you do have the time to do the things you want to do like otherwise it's it's you know kind of all in vain, right? So like that, I think that's really cool that you guys find time to, to have time. <laughs> yeah. And, and then to teach our kids that, and right. you know, if that means we have to do a few things on a, on a weekend, that's fine. And then there's days on, I took my son to his, we took our son to our, his first movie when my daughter was in her uh, daycare and he, um, you know, one day this summer, it was like a Wednesday. We're like, exactly, right. let's go see a movie. Like that was cool. Like, you know, we could just go do that, you know, right. and we didn't right. have to check with anyone, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So I want to get into, uh, you know, the theme of the show is real estate investing unscripted, right? As you know, so things that have happened, and I'm sure you've got a, a, a number of different stories over the 
14 plus years, but do you have a good example of like, you went to the training, you read the books, you played the cash flow game, nothing really could have prepared you for this scenario. Yeah. What was it? How'd you get through it? You know, and, and kind of how's it informed how you guys think about your, your business now on a go for a basis? Yeah, sure. There's, there's, there's a lot to pull from that. You know? <laughs> uh, but I would say, I would say the one that was probably one of the more recent situations. Uh, we last year, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be as uh, succinct as I can here. But we last year got a 198 unit apartment building under contract, and uh, we were set to close. I think early December, and and that was a big. Uh, that was a, you know, that's, that was a, it was a big project for us. It was an exciting project, expanding our markets, expanding our kind of investor base, uh, you know, all, all the things, uh, you know, we had done other multifamilies, but that was a, it was an exciting project, just like every project, but, you know, we had a lot, lot to, to, you know, to get in there and get, get it done. So anyway, my husband was busy. He's his strength is raising, raising money, raising private money. And, um, he was kind of moving forward on all that in the midst of that. We also got an offer a couple months before that, or actually during the summertime for our, to sell our 18 unit. We had an 18 unit in Philadelphia. And like many people listening or, or, you know, learning about real estate investing, you can do a 1031 exchange. And I'm not going to go off on a 1031 exchange, but in a nutshell, we sold that during the summertime all the gains that we we made uh, and the the initial investment, we can roll into the new property uh, in a certain time frame, tax deferred. So we were kind of set up to do that. We sold the property, um, made our investors I think twenty five percent on their money, which they were very happy. Everyone part of that eighteen units said, "Yeah, put us into the next next project. That'll be great." Which which is awesome when investors want to keep kind of working with you. So we were ready to go. That was seven hundred fifty thousand dollars as like a ten thirty one exchange that we had in the bank, quote unquote. So my husband found a custodian, and that's what you have to do is find custodians to hold your money. Um, and then he kept working hard to raise the the rest of the money. I think he raised close to two and a half million for that project. So he was working his tail off, you know, to raise the money, get get you know due due diligence, all that good stuff. So we were about three weeks out from closing and he was right there in terms of all the money that needed to be raised for the, for the project, which was exciting. And then, uh, and then obviously the 750,000, that was kind of like our money, our investors money, about six or seven investors, uh, money and including ours. So what ended up happening, he kept reaching out to the custodian saying, Hey, we're getting ready for closing, uh, you know, and they've been great. They were great up to that point communication wise. And then he kept trying no response. Kept trying, no response. Kept trying, no response. Our attorney, our attorney was great. And he, we're like, you need to call them and send them a letter. I mean, we, now it's like two weeks till closing. Right. So, um, so there's no response. And Matt, I think it was Matt got the you know idea to like, just Google the company, you know, cause there was no response and you know, we, we didn't know else they were there. They were in Florida. So there was no way to, I mean, we were considering there was a moment he had his ticket. He was just about to like book Jeez. to give I me mean, seriously. Like that's what we yeah. were kind of going. We were kind of going into like, you got to go into like vigilante mode, you know, like, okay, yeah, whatever yeah. it takes. Okay. I'm going to Florida tomorrow. Like that's how you feel. And I'm in a new job in New Jersey. It's three so. quarters of a million bucks. Like we got to find it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it's just not ours. It's, it's, uh, other people. So in long story short, without getting too dramatic, we um, found actually on the forums, bigger pockets, uh, this long, like very disturbing thread about the company. And uh, this is obviously as we're trying to uncover what's going on. And pretty much my husband ended up getting on the phone with a lot of the people in this thread. And long story short, you know, the, the gentleman ended up 
being like a mini uh, Bertie Madoff and ended up um, pretty much just, you know, taking a lot of people's money, I think close to like 10 million or something. I don't remember how much. So, so anyway, yeah, it was really, really bad. So what ended up happening was now, now we have two, like, first you feel like, like you're just like, is this really happening? Like, especially in our, I don't, I don't mean to say in this, in a cocky way, but especially like where we were in our business, we were not new to this. We were not, um, it just wasn't something that was even in our, radar that someone that was a 1031 exchange company or custodian would do that or could do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it was seems like they should be regulated and someone's looking at them and like, like, yeah, That's right. right. Other, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't use any other, I don't see how people could be a custodian of that kind of account. It's the point of having a custodian is so yeah, the money like is I safe. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. So, you know, it just, the, the, the story just started to unravel. He started to talk to all these people oh and uh, everyone had the same story. So it, we weren't alone. Um, and there was a couple other people that were a little more money than, than what we had at stake beyond the fact that now, okay, we have to go after our, our money. That's a problem. Now you have to start to say, we got to get to closing because, you know, now you have to know you have multiple issues, but the biggest issue at that moment was if you don't have an asset, you have nothing to give those investors who now have lost their money. Nothing. You could just, you wouldn't give them an IOU, you know, like, right, I'll, write, right. I'll write you a letter and say, Hey, when we, when, when this all comes, you know, we, no, we could have done that. They knew their risks. People know the risks in real estate investing. However, we knew that that was the most important thing was to get get to closing. But obviously, we're shy seven hundred fifty thousand. Now we didn't need all that to close because we had a bunch of money set aside for capital expenditures once we closed on the property because it needed a bunch of kind of value add, you know, um, investments. So I forget how much we needed. It was less than that, but you know, we ended up, um, which you were instrumental. And that's when you start to call the people that, you know, you like, you respect, you start to say, who do you know can do a short-term loan, not private money, but literally they're loaning me this money for a short term. I'm going to keep raising money afterwards. So that's the first issue at hand. So my husband worked his tail off, um, and people like you, Matt, you know, you were so helpful and we really are appreciative of that. And you got to go to the people that, you know, know you and can connect you to the right right people. We didn't know a lot of the short-term financing guys. That wasn't something that we used a whole lot of. So anyway, we had somebody lined up. They were able to uh, loan us the money at a, you know, very, at a very you know, good rate for him and, and us. But it was, you know, I'm like, I want to be there someday. But anyway, um, you know, what was, what was, you know, so that was the first issue and, and God bless my husband, but he just put his head down and got it done. And, and we, and we were able to close on the property and take ownership, which was awesome. Then the next kind of question really the bigger one was how do you make up the money as you know in terms of the because these were equity partners when you when you do projects like this syndications you're you're really there you're not just raising money so they're lenders they're not lenders anymore they're they're partners in the project so you know what what ended up happening there was my husband takes a piece of the building my husband as well as like like a general partner, him and a couple of people are the general partners. And then there's limited partners, which are in essence, the, the investors and the people that are loaning, not loaning you are get, you know, uh, investing money to become in, you know, a partner in the project. So it's just like they own part of the building as well. The passive investors, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So what what ended up happening was the way it sliced and diced and diced him and 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 is really his second uh, gentleman, great guy Ben, um, who they, he does a lot of the underwriting and a lot of the financial pieces of the of the part of the puzzle. Uh, you know they they really pretty much just slashed their equity 
of the building to, to kind of make everybody whole. Um, they own a very small part of the building, but really it, all of it, pretty much most of it was given to the investors to make them whole. And then he called them all. I mean, you know, what do you do? You're not going to send an email, you know, you're, 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 you know, he called, he called every one of them. There's only six of them, but he called every one of them, told them what happened. And, and as he's telling them what happened, he goes, and here's what I'm doing about it. So he, at that point, it wasn't right when it happened. It was like two weeks after because he wanted to tell him like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I got figured out. There's a lot of things to figure out. We had talked to our accountant. How's this going to impact everything? So he figured it out and, um, and everyone was like, that's, you know, you know, they're like, okay, that's great. And, and you know what? None of them were worried because they were made whole. In essence, they have their same equity in the building. They just don't have the cash, but at this point, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's not about the cash. It's about their 2%, 5%, whatever, whatever equity yeah. stake they had. So it was a tough pill to swallow, Matt. I mean, That's you know, brutal. it was a really tough one. I mean, it was tough for me and I was a little more on the sidelines because I, I do parts of the syndication work. I help a little bit in the marketing and communications, but I, you know, he, my husband was on the front line and he works very hard on this building and, yeah. uh, but he works hard. Like he owns it a hundred percent. It's not like he, he's like, Oh, screw that building. I don't really own it. You know, he owns a part of it and along with his investors and he is just as committed to making that successful as though he owned it 95%. So, you know, the big lessons, I mean, you know, you're like, how can that happen? But you have to look at yourself and he vetted the company, but, you know, I would also say, you know, he vetted them to a point, you know, and, and, you know, could you have gone to our accountant, our attorney, like these people we work with all the time, could they have given us a recommendation? Well, in hindsight, that probably would have been a better approach. Um, I mean, he vetted this company as much as he could, but it still wasn't a recommendation. So that was a learning for us. And we will never do that again, obviously. Um, And also, you know, you have to make it right for the investors, even if that means you take a haircut and, you know, and that's okay. Like you gotta be prepared if you're going to raise money. And now during this is happening, Matt, my my husband's writing a book on raising private money. (laughs) I mean, I wish I was joking, but that's literally, he's in the middle of writing the book at that moment. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully that story made its way into the book. You know, you get you get some value back on it. You know, you know, (laughs) that's crazy. I I mean, I think I think there's a there's a ton to learn in that story. I think one of the one of the big things I think in in you guys do this right is you got to be thinking long term when you're thinking about building investor relationships, right? Like. The, the the easier and probably less painful thing to do would have just been to walk away from it and be like, yeah. sorry guys, like kind of not our bad, like we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Um, but that destroys those relationships. Now those those six investors are investors with you guys forever. Um, I would imagine, right? Because yeah. you, yep. you, you did right, right? Yeah. So like, how do you put a value on that? Like, yeah, you maybe own less of that building, but- It's, it's um, short, it's short-sighted to so focus short. on that, yeah. So short-sighted, that's, that's a that's a incredibly- awesome and horrible story all at the same time. Yeah. You know, and it's still unraveling, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like gravy. If we get, we just, then we'll buy more of the building. That's kind yeah. of like our thought process. Cause at that, this point we're thinking all of all the money in essence is, is really, is really ours more so than the investors at this point. Cause they've been made yeah. whole. So, you know, it, it, things work out. I do believe that things happen for a reason. And I do believe you got to just keep, getting better in this business. So, you know, there's moments that we've made other mistakes and you look back and go, okay, we could have given up then. We could have given up then. We could have given up then. We could have yep. given up then. Yep. But you, you, 
what keeps you going are obviously perseverance and the fact that we want to create something a legacy for our family and a legacy for our kids and and just you know make things better are we perfect no do we make a lot of mistakes yeah of course but we're really committed to getting better and living a bigger life and to do that you know, shit's going to happen. <laughs> like <Yeah>. really, like <laughs> bad things are going to happen. And I, and I looked at my husband when he came home and told me that, I mean, Matt, I said to him, I could be the wife of that guy right yep. now. My, my husband's not coming home to me to say, I'm going to make this right. We're going to figure it out. Cause that's like my positive husband. Like he just figures shit out and he's amazing at that. But no, I could be that wife, the wife of the guy who took all these people's money. That could right. be me. And, and I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm like, you start to become grateful of who you, ha- you know, who you are and what you're doing. And it's not about stuff or sometimes dollars, but like who you are. Cause that's, yep. that's not something you can buy. That's not something you can, you can't put a price tag on that. And it's, it's, it was tough. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I think those are the things that got us through. And we have a lot of faith, me and my husband. So we, we prayed a lot about it. <laughs> so. you, you, you figured it out before, like you start to build some confidence. Another kind of like underlying theme that's starting to, I think we're on episode seven or eight here, that's starting to like come through in the show is that if you're going to be successful in this business, like you have to have a, like a very high degree of grit and like just being okay with getting punched in the face. Yeah. And moving on, because like each one of these stories that we hear, and this is this is a good one, like it takes a lot of resolve and a lot of just like, I can't quit. Like I just, I can't, it's not within me. And like, if these, if this story scares you and you're listening to it, like as it probably should, something like this is eventually going to happen to you, right? So like be ready for it. Know that there's a lot of good people out there that can support you and, and pull yep. you through it. But like on the, on the other side of that is like, if you don't ever want to deal with something like this, like real estate may not be your game. <laughs> Yeah. And you can't always be prepared for everything, but you can be prepared in your relationships and just, you know, yep. and, and it wasn't like we had to create relationships. Like we had a relationship with you, Matt, you knew us, you, you know, that kind of thing. And you were like, Hey, give this guy a call. And that was like really helpful. Like that was hugely helpful because you're in the business of, you know, of, you know, financing stuff. So that's what we so do. Anyway. That's really a really interesting story. I'll be interested to see how that, how it plays out. Hopefully you guys get, get made whole, but, um, Wow, that's something yeah, the, else. Yeah, uh, the FBI is involved now, in, uh, <laughs> oh, which obviously, you know. And you know what's interesting too? Like, it, it kind of like should be on like a TV show at some point. But the um, what's interesting about it was that this gentleman or people that sometimes this things these things occur with, we spoke to um, a couple of the people that actually had more money uh, lost. And and I remember, you know, remember talking, Matt, Matt talked to the one, one gentleman quite a bit and he said, and the gentleman told Matt that he's, um, he did like five deals with him. He goes, this is my fifth deal. He never did this. So it also reminded me, Matt, that if you don't keep yourself in check, like one bad choice leads to another bad choice. Yep. Another bad choice leads to another bad choice. I don't think this guy got up and said, you know, I'm going to screw all these people. I don't, I don't think it was that like switch went on. I think it happened very slope. It was a slippery slope. slippery slope. That's what I, that's what I think. And I think that just as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a person in this world, like got to keep yourself in check to ensure that you're just doing right by yourself and other people, because little small, little bad decisions can really add up, especially in this business that can get some, have some shady characters. in it. They get, they get accretive very quickly. If you're not, if you're not careful. Exactly. Well, cool. So listen, you're uh, you're obviously a rock star podcast guest. Um, we also have your own show. Tell us a little bit more about, about your show, what it is, what it's all about, where they can find it. Give us a skinny. 
Yeah, sure, sure. So myself and my one of one of our business partners and, and good friend and colleague, uh, Andressa, her and I are co-hosts together. We run a podcast called The Real Estate Invest Her Show. So the, the concept about it really came from her and I kind of masterminding together and talking about different things in our businesses and 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 we we're just like, you know, we need more inspiration and it wouldn't be cool to like bring women together just because, you know, it, it's an interesting business. I'm sure you know, Matt, it, it tends to be a little more male dominated from the investment side. And, you know, there are women investors, really successful ones, which we've been interviewing. We're up to like 33 shows and every one, awesome. we, every woman we interview just one after the other is just, just top notch, really, really great ladies. But what we found was, we have we work with men really well, and I love men, of course. This is not like a man men bashing show or anything. Yes. But what what I have found in in talking to a lot of women as we've got going was, you know, the the, the challenges and the kind of like the things you work through in this business are sometimes a little unique to, you know, um, to women and, you know, whether it's starting out and they may not feel comfortable asking questions in front of another group or whatever it is, whatever the kind of stuff is, we developing a community of kind of like creating that like safe space that women can really encourage mentor, be a mentee has been really just every woman that we've talked to about it that's in this business is really like, that's awesome. I need more of that. So the Facebook group, we have like almost 500 women on the Facebook group so far. And our podcast is growing. We're doing meetups and uh, creating some workshops and, and, you know, and it's pretty, it's pretty neat. It, you know, we hear from ladies and they're, they're just, they just thank us. And it's like, okay, we're doing something right. This is not, yeah, you don't feel like you're just kind of, you know, running a podcast is, uh, is not something that, you know, if you literally have nothing to do, there's something you do. It's something you have to feel is going to add value to yourself and to other people. So, um, so yeah, and I, and I used to do workshops and things like that. So I love the idea of kind of teaching and sharing, which, which podcast kind of helps. So yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. And our mission is to really help women not only become financially free, but also create balance in their life, which, you know, obviously men need balance, but, but women have different kind of, you know, struggles, challenges than, than men do. So that's what we also talk about in the show. We talk a lot about, you know, the balancing act. There's a lot of um, mothers with young kids or, or older children or, or no, no children, but it always seems like, you know, the, the balancing act has to be talked about and figured out because you want this, yeah. but you also want to be a great mom or a great wife or just a great community member. And so, so that's a little bit about the show, but yeah, that's we can, awesome. uh, Check it out. The Real Estate Invest Her Show. Is that is it the Real Estate Invest Her Show dot com? Yeah, it's actually the it's the Real Estate Invest Her dot com. We couldn't get com. show on there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Very cool. No, I love it. I think um the playbook and a lot of the stuff that's out there is kind of male dominated for whatever reason. So the more we have out there, I think is 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 awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very Thank cool. You. Well, listen, uh, we'll get you out of here on this. If uh, people want to get a hold of you, obviously we know where the show's at now. Is there is there a, a way people can reach out to you and, and learn more about what you guys are up to? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the show's obviously a good place to, in terms of like, you know, the, the, the what we're up to in terms of like helping women investors. Um, on the DeRosa side with my husband, uh, it's derosagroup.com. And uh, you can learn a little more about me and my husband, what we've created, what we're up to. And um you know, and you check out my, my husband's book. It has the uh, story I just shared in the book. I think it's one of the last book, uh, last stories, but <laughs> Bigger Pockets, uh, you know, published the book in August and it's called Raising Private Capital. And uh, Matt, you were so kind to to endorse it and everything. And so, yeah, Great it's been, a, it's, it's, a, it's really, um, it's been a really neat journey with that book as well. And, you know, being able to kind of share what we've done and, and you know, how do you then 
do it right and take care of people and protect people's money and enroll people and the whole story. So, but yeah, derosagroup.com or efaircloth at derosagroup.com is my email. So you're welcome to, to, to reach out anytime. I'm, I'm active on bigger pockets, but you know, I get a little, get a little nutty. So email is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, if you have any questions or you want any follow up, it's efaircloth at derosagroup.com. So check out the derosagroup.com. They've got some cool projects going on. Um, Liz, really appreciate your time. This was, this was awesome. It was packed with a lot of information. I think I tried to kind of distill some big, some big kind of points that I got out of this was, you know, kind of at the beginning, get schooled. You guys talked about how the cash flow game and the rich dad, poor dad books. And I think that even more important thing is like the learning never stops, right? Like no matter, no matter how many deals you've done, you got to continue to look for places to learn and, and, and sharpen this, sharpen the tools. I think another thing that I love that you said is like, you know, get focused around who you are, what's your business. And then like, once you have that whether that's flipping houses or doing apartment syndications mm-hmm. or whatever it is, like you kind of got to pick, you can't chase all the shiny objects. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then talk about it, talk to everybody. Cause you never know who's going to, who's going to be a potential investor or partner or whatever. And the last one I think is you got to think long term in this business. Um, I think, you know, the disservice that a lot of the TV shows and, and other things out there is that like this is a business that people get wealthy quick in. Yeah. Um, it couldn't be further from the truth in my experience. Um, you know, I, I started thinking in terms of like 10 year increments on the relationships that I try to build, right? Of like, I think, like you said, like we knew you guys for three and a half years before we were able to like kind of do something together, but like, it was a good relationship. We invested in it and like it paid off. Right. So like, I think you got to be thinking long-term and, and that informs all the decisions you make in terms of which properties you purchase, but also how you treat your investors and how you treat almost everyone that you come in contact with is this yeah. isn't a, a trade today. This is something that we're building for the next decade or more. So yeah, those were my takeaways anyways. Anything you want to add? <laughs> no, no. Thanks so much for being on the show. I love what you're up to and uh, you do great work at your company and you just, you know, you offer so much to, to investors. So I, uh, yeah, appreciate, appreciate being on here. Appreciate the kind words and thank you all for listening. And thanks again, Liz, you know, for more great resources, definitely check out our website on that flip.com. Otherwise look forward to uh, having y'all back listen to the next episode. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.